there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. All right, before we start on my rant on Jim Harbaugh, uh, if you want to grab your phone, download the Game Time app. Takes less than 90 seconds. If you want to go to a championship game, you download the app, Game Time app. Use the code Colin, the redeem code Colin, C-O-L-I-N, 20 bucks off your first purchase. Pretty good deal, right? Game Time's fast, easy, comedy, concerts, sporting events, theater, and more. Game Time has deals right up to the event, and in fact, an hour after the event starts. The Game Time app guarantees the best price. You'll find tickets, let's say, in the same section, same row, and it's the same price. Game Time will credit you 110% the difference. Download the Game Time app, create an account. The redeem code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N, for $20 off the first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code Colin, Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. Very funny, sharper square with Chad Millman. We're talking Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, Niners. Want to address a couple things. Uh, Falcons did not hire Bill Belichick, who I thought if he wanted personnel control, was one of the weaker candidates. I'm not interested in that. They hired Raheem Morris. So Raheem was a coach and Tampa didn't work, was a great assistant uh, after Brandon Staley left for the Rams, became McVay's best friend on the staff uh, and did very, very well with a really young defense. Uh, Morris is one of those guys like D'Amico Ryans uh, or Sean McVay, very impressive in person, kind of, you know, just a guy, eye contact, really smart, uh, point of view. So Raheem interviews very well. I've been told that numerous occasions. Uh, probably I would have gone after maybe a Mike Vrabel. Uh, again, defensive coach. They don't have a quarterback. But I think this is what Belichick is falling into, is that, and it's really funny that um, Bill doesn't really have any vulnerability. Like Bill's going to do what Bill wants to do. That's why he's got his kids on the staff and he hires coaches who are it's a, he had a very weak staff, multiple fired guys in New England. So, um, you know, Bill 
wants more control than Arthur Blank and Rich McKay uh, are willing to give. And had Bill read the room, he would have known that Arthur Blank has never hired a big time head coach. He's always given it to up and coming coaches who don't feel like they have to own the room. Blank's a brilliant businessman. Rich McKay is excellent with operations and certainly knows talent. Terry Fontenot from the Saints is a well uh, smart guy that's well thought of around the league. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, we don't look at him quite as a Les Snead maybe yet or a Mickey Loomis in New Orleans yet or a Howie Roseman or a Brett Veach, but he is well thought of. Um, but I think Belichick, um, the thing that worries you if you're Atlanta, he's a milestone guy. Is he really care about Atlanta? Never, never, never coached really. I mean, head coach in Cleveland, then in New England. He didn't know much about the NFC South. Um, he, he has uh, drafted 15 quarterbacks, one star Brady, one starter Garoppolo, two to three capable backups and 10 misses. So I think Bill was going up against recent history in Atlanta where they're going to take a Dan Quinn. They're going to take a Raheem Morris. Uh, they're going to take a young up and coming assistant that's not going to need to dominate personnel. And I'll be honest with you. The Seahawks' last two drafts have been much stronger when John Snyder was empowered by ownership and controlled the drafts. Pete, in a vacuum in Seattle, when Paul Allen died, had a lot of power. It frustrated John Snyder, who went and sought the Detroit Lions job, got a raise. They brought him back to Seattle, and there were some assurances that he would have more control in the draft. I have it on two different sources who I trust implicitly, is that Pete would sometimes um, have a very strong opinion and it would sway the Seahawks drafts. And for years and years, I was told this for years by people in the league I respected that Seahawks drafts were unpredictable. Now, Pete's were very good when he came out, uh, out of college, out of USC, had a two or three year run where they're excellent. But like most pro coaches, he's not sitting around watching college football all Saturday. He's looking at NFL stuff and NFL personnel and film. And I thought Seattle's drafts got much better in the last couple of years when John Snyder exerted more power. I think Belichick's last seven drafts have mostly been absolutely abysmal. Why? Once again, I have it sourced from multiple people that as, as he started stacking rings and net worth and, and power, uh, he was more difficult for Brady to deal with. And he told mid-January, the draft department, the scouts, I got it from here. It's hard to find any hits in the last seven drafts on the offensive side. They've had two pro bowlers. One's a punter. So I don't think coach, I remember when Mike Holmgren was in Seattle years ago, great coach. He had a little bit too much power when he first started in Seattle. He struggled with a couple of early drafts. You're asking, drafting is hard enough for great GMs. Howie Roseman has had huge whiffs and how he's brilliant and completely dedicated. So the idea that Bill Belichick, any of these coaches want over 50% power. John Gruden, by the way, with the Raiders had the final say with Mike Mayock. Uh, I, I, I know that because it's sourced. Go look at the Raiders first round picks. In later rounds, Gruden would let Mayock have more control. But in that first round, there's first, second round. John thought he was the television John Gruden and exerted too much power and control. And they had multiple major whiffs. Gruden, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Mike Holmgren. Those are just four examples. The best way to do it is Les Snead and the Rams and Sean McVay, where McVay has absolute say, but they really work 
collaboratively. They really work together very, very well. Sean, if he does have the final say, is very respectful about it, but they're really committed to the process from beginning to end. And last year, they had a sensational draft uh, outside of Stetson Bennett, who had struggled, uh, I, I, I think, with some things personally. And uh, they're not sure if that's going to work. He was a fourth round pick, but they nailed their second round pick, two thirds, multiple fifths. Uh, it was a great draft for them. Even picked up some guys late in the sixth and seventh round. So, you know, Belichick has got to read the room. His drafting record is atrocious. And though Raheem Morris, I probably would have gone to the offensive side. They just had an offensive coach and it didn't work. So there is a history in this league. D'Amico Ryans is the latest. If you have a top defensive coach and a star quarterback and CJ Stroud certainly emerged, looks like a star top six, seven quarterback. Um, you can hoist trophies. I don't think defensive coaches are as good with marginal quarterback talent. I don't think they're good when they have a disruption at quarterback, a backup like a Gardner Minshew or a Joe Flacco. Shane Steichen and Kevin Stefanski hit it out of the park. But if you have a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen or a C.J. Stroud or Brady in his prime or Big Ben in his prime, I'm okay with defensive coaches. So if they nail, if they draft the third or the fourth quarterback and nail it, Raheem Morris will be a fine coach. Uh, if they if they draft somebody and it doesn't hit and they're marginal, he'll probably struggle. It is a weak division. Um, but Belichick didn't get it. He didn't get the Chargers. Reportedly, Ben Johnson is a slam dunk in Washington. To me, those were the three best jobs. Carolina, nope, that's taken two by a young coach. So, and and when you get older, Belichick, a year off is not an advantage. That That's not necessarily an advantage. Sean Payton was seen closer to his prime. Mike Vrabel seen as closer to his prime. Belichick is, and his draft record shows it. Allergic to offense, tone deaf offensively, not building great staffs. He, he is not only past his prime, uh, he's well past it. Just say that. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. All right, Chad Millman, CCO Action Network, Sharper Square, all odds provided by uh, DraftKings. So had I bet last week, I would have gone three and one. I had the bills, shame on me. Uh, everything else, everything else, I was on the right side. Come on, come on. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't get credit for had I bet. You either did or you didn't. You well, I gave my picks. There is no try. There is do or do not. You didn't do anything last week. You watched some football and maybe you were right about what you were thinking. Okay, so this week, I love the picks. I think the lines are wrong this week. Um, first of all, we are overvaluing the Chiefs because they played a completely decimated Miami defense in minus 27 degrees with a quarterback that can't throw the ball deep. And then they play an absolutely ravaged Bills defense missing six starters. So we're overvaluing who they are. Baltimore is a team that wrecked San Francisco, dominated Miami, destroyed Detroit. You know my favorite number in this business, minus four. I think the Ravens roll. Mahomes is hard to blow out, but I don't think they'll have success running it with Pacheco here comes Marlon Humphrey back to guard Rasheed Rice. I think the Ravens are one of the best playoff bets, believe it or not, at minus four, sharper square. So sharp that if you end up not betting it and then just thinking about betting it, <laughs> you're doing yourself a disservice. It was sharp when it was minus three last Sunday. It was sharp when it was three and a half. It's still sharp at four. The wise guys love the Ravens in this game. It is a scary, scary bet. Not because of what the Chiefs have done the past two weeks. And you're using the right terminology. They're overvalued based on their season-long results. But it's still Patrick Mahomes, man. And it's still Patrick Mahomes, who's 9-1-1 one one in his career as an underdog who's 2-0 straight up in his career as an underdog, who's 8-3 and three straight up in his career as an underdog. The reason why this bet is scary is because the idea of betting against Patrick Mahomes late in the game, and he is stepping up in the pocket against a really good pass rush and you don't know where the ball is going yet because you can't see it on TV, and who's on the other end of it, you have no idea, 
but you're pretty sure it's going to be completed and you're pretty sure it's going to be a long pass because someone was in single coverage and some receiver is wide open. That's the fear. So you're right. Sharps are on it. Sharps love it. Defense is dominating for Baltimore and their rush offense will destroy the Chiefs rush defense. And the Chiefs, by the way, missing Joe Tooney, their offensive guard, who was one of the highest rated pass blocking guards, according to Pro Football Focus, in every way, the Ravens should destroy the Chiefs, except the Chiefs have a cheat code in Patrick Mahomes. So I will tell you what I've done, which is only slightly less untoward and cowardly than claiming credit for bets you didn't make. I bet the Ravens minus two and a half first half. All right. Because I'm scared because I'm afraid of Patrick Mahomes. But every other wise guy is piling in on the Ravens and they agree with you 100 percent. All right. I like the Lions plus seven and a half. So if you take I do this with big games, I take the top 10 players and then the top 15. Um, the Lions are stacked. I have eight, seven Lions, eight players to seven for the Niners. Now, if you go top five, McCaffrey, Bosa, Trent Williams. But when you start extrapolating from the fourth best player, and it's Penny Sewell, and it's Hutchison, and it's Amaron St. Brown, and it's Jared Goff's the better quarterback, the weather's not a factor. We know this is a team that doesn't play well in windy or cold weather. It's going to be 67 degrees. It's going to be dry. There's going to be no wind. Jared Goff played plenty of outdoor games in the Bay Area. He's fine. This offensive line's better. The Niners' offensive line center right is actually one of the weak spots on the team. Neither team has a great secondary. What concerns me about San Francisco, the names are bigger than the production up front defensively. Their rush has been hit and miss over the last six, seven weeks. Bosa, absolutely. Chase Young, meh. You're not getting the names right now. It's like a hotel chain you went to when you were a kid. You go back 10 years later and you're like, it's kind of an average hotel. The name's bigger than the, the property, right? You've seen that with <laughs> golf courses, hotels. Um, I think right now I can't unsee the Ravens crushing them or the Packers outplaying them. I think Detroit matches up, may not win. I think seven and a half. I think the number should be closer to six, five and a half. I'm taking the Lions sharper square. So the wise guys have been on the Niners. It's one of the reasons why this number is moving. In fact, it's a really interesting stat. The, the Lions are a huge liability for the sports books this weekend. That's right. Not because there's so many people on the Lions at plus seven and a half. There's 44% of the money, according to our tracking, on the Lions' money line. Like people are just piling on the Lions to win this game outright, more than they like the Lions to actually cover the spread. But the wise guys have been on the Niners. And there's a couple of factors in play. You cannot discount how bad this Lions secondary is, right? Look at what they've given up to players like Nick Mullins, multiple 400 or near 400 yard games. Baker Mayfield, more than 350. Matthew Stafford, more than 350. Brock Purdy, there should be no bashing of Brock Purdy. All the guy has done in a season and a half of starting is lead his team to two different NFC title games, lead the league in passing yards, and be as effective and efficient as any quarterback Kyle Shanahan has had. And he's the reason why he is closer to winning a Super Bowl than he has ever been. This is a much better team than the Lions across the board. And there's a real big factor, I think, for the Lions. Their offensive line 
Jonah Jackson isn't going to be playing in this game. When Jonah Jackson played this past week against a heavy blitz from the Buccaneers, zero pressures in any of his snaps. He goes out at the end of the game, seven pressures in 18 snaps given up by his replacement. Jared Goff getting pressure up the middle when he cannot step up is not the same quarterback, no matter what the conditions are. So wise guys are back in the the Niners here. Also, the X factor. It's Debo Samuel. Look, when the when the Niners have Debo Samuel, 12 and 1 this year, winning games by an average of 18 points per game. There's one game when they did not win by double digits. That was week two on the road at the Rams, a division game. They only won by seven. Debo is a complete game changer. And I am checking Debo's availability because I already bet the, the Niners minus six and a half. I am checking his availability nonstop. And he's still 50-50 progress, but in pain, he's a major, major factor for this game. So even without Debo, the wise guys have been betting the Niners. With Debo, I think you'll see this number skyrocket. Yeah, by the way, he does get a break, played on Saturday. Now this game's on Sunday, so you get another 24 hours. And we know with surgery or injuries, 24 hours is a long time. I want to ask you about Jim Harbaugh. So um, it was funny. I was in Los Angeles. Uh, You know, they call it the City of Angels. I've heard that, yes. And um, Harbaugh's no angel, but it was nonstop wall-to-wall coverage of Harbaugh in Los Angeles, the second biggest city in the country. And I I said to somebody uh, that I know that's close to the Chargers, I said, you guys probably made about $6 million yesterday yeah. in coverage. It was, it was wall, it led every newscast. I mean, it was the story in LA. And then uh, the Chargers have 51,000 season tickets. If they can get to about 57.5, which they, they could probably sell the stadium out now with Herbert and Harbaugh, but they don't want to because as a warm weather city, they want the Denvers and Kansas cities to come in and to be able to elevate the prices based on how hot and how big the game is. So if they get to like 57, 58,000 season tickets, that extra 6,000 plus all the publicity you get, you kind of pay for Harbaugh 20 million bucks a year. So Harbaugh, not that he's a bargain, but this feels like seven of the 12 losses for the Chargers were three or less, significantly more than the league. So this is not a rebuild like Houston. This is like a five-win team that could win 11, and it feels totally reasonable. Where would you put the over-under if you had to, if you, I, I thought to myself, am I nuts? It's 10. Am I nuts? So it's funny you say that. Um, A, I love the way you're thinking about the economics of this deal. It's not that dissimilar. Remember when ESPN went out and signed Troy Aikman and Joe Buck for eight-figure yearly contracts? Everyone's like, what are they doing? Meanwhile, it puts them in better with the NFL. They get better games. The ad rates go up. They sell more commercial time. The ratings go up. Those deals were paid for in one game, right? You just made the same point with Harbaugh. That it doesn't matter what they pay him, they were going to pay for it in some way, shape, or form by the publicity they were getting and the attention they were getting. And oh, by the way, it's going to be such a better product on the field. Yeah. He is a game-changing coach. He has been that way everywhere he has gone. What he does is drive the people that he works for crazy. And that's when he ends up, you know, burning out his welcome. But he will have this team ready to be very competitive and be a contender in the AFC very, very quickly. When you were asking win total, 
my first instinct was nine. And you're saying 10, I could see it at 10 because bookmakers might feel like they can take advantage of the public and set it a little bit higher because they can say, all right, Jim Harbaugh is getting so much attention. We know they're going to want to bet the over no matter what it is. So let's set it at at 10 and let's see what we can sort of get in terms of some, some sucker money. But, um, I would not bet against Jim Harbaugh. I love the guy, love the guy as a coach. I think he's amazing. So um, the public uh, could do very well if Detroit wins, but the public had a very good year betting. I want to circle back to one of my theories on this because I had a very good year betting and it took me about four weeks to figure it out. But I was overthinking the room and I've done this in the AFC playoffs where I'm five and oh, basically picking the best quarterback. (laughs) I took Stroud over Flacco, the Sharps like Flacco. And I'm taking Goff to cover against Purdy. Um, in fact, I took Love over Purdy and he outplayed him. Is that is, do you believe now on a macro level that some, I mean, you'll tweak everything you do because you're a professional gambler, but there is a dynamic now that has to be considered. The young quarterbacks that come in, if they've got two years starting and all those camps and the new culture, it's a cottage industry quarterback, they're better faster, the coaching's better, and increasingly, there's more offensive coaches, and that the best quarterback, it's hard, harder than it's ever been to bet against them. Because I find myself a default. In fact, a prime example, I took Kyler Murray several times. I didn't think yeah. Arizona was better. But like against Philadelphia, I'm like, Jalen's struggling. He may be better than Kyler, but Kyler's healthy, rested. I'm taking Kyler. Will you tweak over the course of a season, seeing these trends, which appear to be substantial, it may only be a half point to a point, but I, one of the teams I didn't bet this year that a lot of people did was the Colts because I just couldn't buy into Gardner Minshew as much as I like Shane Steichen. Um, your takeaway on sort of my, my rambling here about this yeah. changing, it feels like the league is slightly changing for betting. So there's, there's three different things that I want to, that I want to pick out of that. Number one, great year. For the public. Favorites were winning at an unprecedented clip. And if you're like me and you like to play underdogs and you find value in the underdogs, and when you model these things, you're playing on the idea that bookmakers are going to overvalue favorites because that's where they can expect the public to come in. So they're going to give you an advantage. This year, it didn't matter as much, right? So that's number one. Do I think that's a trend? Do I think that there is going to be regression for that? My guess is there will be a regression. There are some things that are irrefutable when it comes to betting. Regression is irrefutable, right? Number one. Number two, the quarterbacks. Betting, and we've talked about this a lot this week on my podcast, because the Chiefs and the Ravens are a perfect example of trying to figure out when you are betting how to ride the wave and then get off the wave before it crests. Historically, you look at Lamar Jackson, terrible as a favorite of more than three and a, of three and a half or more. Patrick Mahomes, amazing as an underdog of three or any number, right? So last week, we were betting on the Texans because we felt like Lamar Jackson hasn't proven it yet. We were betting on the Chiefs because we felt like we were betting against the Chiefs because we felt like at two and a half, The Bills were the right side and Patrick Mahomes' time 
has passed because this team isn't as good. Missed on both counts because the wave went one way and we were expecting it to go a different way with the Ravens. And the wave went one way and we were expecting it to stay the same with the Chiefs. And so this week, trying to thread that needle, are we betting on Lamar Jackson? Do we think he's over the hump on the stressful situations and choking in the playoffs? Are we betting on Patrick Mahomes because what we've seen out of him, no matter what his team has been, has been so good so often. That is the biggest challenge. And adjusting that, it's really, really hard. And this is is a game where you sort of measure it. The reason I'm taking Lamar over Mahomes, I consider Mahomes better. But as I told you circumstantially with Kyler Murray, I believe Lamar is at home with better protection and significantly better weapons. So it's not just who's better. Circumstances, weather, where's the game, what are your weapons? I think with Marlon Humphreys coming back, taking on Rasheed Rice, you're not going to run much on Baltimore. I think Mahomes is going to be very frustrated in this game at times. And I think Lamar, I think Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews back. I think Zay Flowers has been, I mean, just a seminal change in his career. I mean, Lamar has, he's got his, you know, Stafford is Cooper Cup. He's got his safety valve. He never had one. It was a tight end. So in that instance, I like Lamar because I think he'll be the better quarterback in this game. I think Goff will have better protection, better protection. And I'm betting that Debo doesn't play much so that Goff will be the better quarterback in this game. May not win, but I don't think you're getting 48 snaps from Debo. I think you're getting 18. And therefore, I like the weaponry of Amaron St. Brown, Laporta, Gibbs, Montgomery. Um, so, and, the, and he'll have better protection. So in this instance, I believe I am taking, well, Goff is better than Purdy as a natural thrower. I'm taking the better quarterback circumstantially and what he's surrounded by. So that's why I'm taking my pick. So again, this is a, the classic. I know that Mahomes is better than Lamar. I don't think he's got great protection this year. I, now, he's not getting sacked much because he's very nimble. This Baltimore front is, this is the best linebacking crew in football. It's This front seven is really athletic and really twitchy for big athletes. And I think he's going to be under some duress. So... To your point about the quarterbacks, it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Because the better quarterback is almost always on the better team. And so if you want to bet on the better quarterback, they're almost always going to be on the favorite. And this year, the favorites were winning at a larger clip than they ever have before. So the real test of your theory, and this is what's interesting about betting, is you don't bet for the week. You bet for your life, right? And how did you do this year? How did you do the next year? How do you do the year after that? Does that trend continue to hold? That's why trends can be an interesting complement to anything you're doing when you're talking about betting. We're talking about what's happening on the field that's really important. A trend is a good complement to anything you're thinking about on the field. It's not the reason you make the bet. So will the Colin Coward good quarterback theory hold up next year? That's when we start to know if that's really something that is sustainable. As for the game, I think what you're saying about the Chiefs offensive line is critical. I think the middle of the field for the Chiefs in this game against the Ravens defense is critical. The Chiefs are not an explosive offense at all. If Marlon Humphrey is back, like you say, and he is locking up Rasheed Rice, which is what the expectation is, the Ravens are not the Bills who are starting A.J. Klein. They are not the Dolphins who are decimated at every level of their defense. They are Patrick Queen, 
They are Roquan Smith defending the middle of the field who can do wonders when they're patrolling that middle of the field. And as we said before, Joe Tooney, offensive guard for the Chiefs, not going to be playing. That also will make it difficult for Patrick Mahomes to step up into the pocket. There's nothing scarier for a quarterback than not being able to step up, right? They like to roll out. They like to be able to step up against pressure that is coming in from the edges. I think that's going to be a real handicap for Patrick Mahomes in this game. So I completely agree with your theory on why you like the Ravens and why Lamar could be the better quarterback uh, in this game. That's why the Sharps believe it too. Well, hey, before I, I don't watch any streaming during the football season. And then once the football season ends, I'll commit to a few Netflix shows. I, I, I peeled back. I have Amazon for football and Netflix for my wife. I've peeled way back on this stuff. I think these streaming services are, I like, I like sports. I like news. I like politics. It's all on TV. But give me one series, one streaming series. Now, as I segue, probably in about a week, as I move toward an occasional streaming show, do you and your wife have one I should, I should be aware of in our audience? Oh my God, Colin, we have so many. And I love how you're being frugal with the streamers. I know you're saving up. I know you got a lot of big plans. And hey, you just gotta I got to buy those Southwest Airlines and, and Spirit <laughs> Airlines tickets. I understand. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three, okay? Number one, if you're not watching The Bear, which is on Hulu slash FX, okay. then you are missing out on one of the best shows of the past 20 years. This is a show. Now, granted, I'm a Chicago guy, and this yeah. is a Chicago show. It's a culinary look, this show. Culinary show. It just swept the Emmys, right? Every single morning, I am watching a clip from The Bear on YouTube. I go onto YouTube. I want to see, hey, how do we do overnight in our clips and everything else? And before I get there, The Bear is all over my home feed. It is so brilliant, Colin. It is the only show that has ever come out where I waited long after the premiere of the second season because I knew the second I started the show, every second I was watching, it was a second closer to being over. It is a unbelievably enriching experience. Number two, listen, you have fine, fine tastes. I'm going to give you a show that was really interesting. It's called Drops of God, Apple TV. I don't know if you want to pony up for Apple TV Plus. Drops of God, fascinating show about a guy who had the most expensive, it's fiction, uh, the most expensive wine collection in the world, a real terrible person as a human being and a father, leaves the wine collection to his daughter and one of his protégés, but they have to answer like all these questions, almost go through like a contest to see who's going to get it. And it is dramatic. It makes you want to drink a bottle of wine every time you're sitting down to watch it. I freaking loved it. Finally, I'll tell you, season five of Fargo, John Hamm, Juno Temple, amazing. Okay. My wife said Jodie Foster, True Detective, may be worth watching. Thoughts? Haven't I, I would watch it. Huge Jodie Foster fan. Same. Loved the first season of True Detective. Um, haven't watched it since. I, the Vince Vaughn year, season I didn't love. Um, and so I would, pick it, I would pick it back up for sure. You know, Vince Vaughn works out at my gym. He's much bigger in person than you'd think. Tall guy. Another Chicago guy. He's a Chicago guy. He yeah, is. Very he tall guy. Loves sports. Gains. A lot of gains. Is he stacking weights? Do you judge it? 
I don't, I don't judge. I myself am more of a repetition guy than a stack weights guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to be, you know, sort of, uh, tight, as I say, I've got a beautiful yeah. wife and I have to be at my, uh, you know, I've got to be at my best. I got to look tight. I'm not worried about being the, the biggest guy. I'm not going to be Your the wife is beautiful. Guy. Your she wife is. is beautiful. As we've discussed, our wives kind of look alike. My wife also has red hair. Yeah. They're both in the architecture and design space. Last night, I feel like you can appreciate this. Last night I was in the kitchen and my wife asked me a question and I answered with a joke. Kind of one of two or three jokes I've said probably for the 20 something years we've been together. She looks at me with all seriousness. She goes, look, if things go well, you and I are going to be together for another 30 something years. I'm like, uh-huh. She goes, you need to get some new material. <laughs> so now I'm working on it. I got to think of some new jokes for the you next know, 30 years of my life. Of if the things many... go, by the way, if things go well. Well, she's worth keeping. My yeah. wife has an amazing quality and I have no idea how she does it. So if you, somebody tells me a funny joke, I will walk up to a stranger within five minutes and tell them because I can't keep it to myself. I want to get a laugh. I want to yeah. I want to perform and get a laugh. Of course. Can't. My wife can not only keep a joke for 20 years. I've been with her 17 years and she will deliver the line or the joke at the perfect time. And I'll go, how long have you had that? She goes, oh God, I heard that in college. I'm like, you stored that for 16 years. And it's not just jokes. She'll have a line. And she dropped one the other day. Um, one of the lines she dropped years and years ago, uh, we had just gotten married. And, you know, I'm feisty, a little irascible, feisty. And um, I, I was just in one of my moods. And I said, you know, yeah, this nobody, nobody that's balanced is happy. I said, is Peyton Manning balanced? Was Michael Jordan balanced? Passion is what makes people happy. Finding something, falling in love with it, kicking ass, those are happy people. Not the web designer, ski instructor, poet, barista. That guy's not happy. He's searching his whole life. Well, he's balanced. And she goes, honey, she touched me on the shoulder. You're balanced. You have a chip on both shoulders. Oh man, that is good. And I was like, See? you saved that for 12 years. So yeah. the other day we were talking about the volume and the growth of it. And, um, you know, she, I, I'm always interested in her opinion on it. And, um, you know, I said, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm proud of this, this, this. And she goes, honey. It's okay to look at success. Don't stare at it. And I was wow. like, wow. F. And I was like, she was basically saying, stop patting yourself on the back. Yeah. Do the next thing. I, she, One step every day, forever. I, I literally floored me. I was just like. That, that's amazing. It's a great um, quality. It is. I feel like, and maybe this is a trait that balances couples like you, I, my, the success of an evening for me is, is judged by laughs per minute from things I said. 
<laughs> and so <laughs> at the end of the night, it was a great night with another couple if the other couple laughed at a lot of the things that I said. My wife will say only the things that she thinks really matter. I'll say I'm, I'm going for volume. She is going for a very specific, calibrated comment that everyone's going to remember. I think, I think we married the same woman. It's, it's, I marvel at it. Yeah. It would be like if you were a baseball pitcher and you had the best pitch and you were facing the Dodgers and you only used it twice against Mookie Betts and only in the later innings. And you'd be like, why don't you use that thing in the first inning? You're like, well, I don't want to show too much of it. I'm going to use it like twice a game. And you're like, the game was tied in the third. It was tied in the fifth. You only used it in the eighth. And you were like, well, it was a high leverage situation. I thought that's the time to use it. It'd be like, I can't, I can't do that. I'm no. not, a, I'm not capable of saying I've got this great gift. I'll hold off on it for 20 years. Yeah. I'm going to wait. I need to be expressing what I believe my full potential is at all <laughs> times. I'm like, because if I'm not, Colin, if I'm not, I'm not sharing my gift with the world. Yeah. What, what am I doing then? I feel like uh, the minute I get a funny joke, I'm in the cat skills and I'm Shecky Green. I've got to let it go. <laughs> and you're wasting your life if you're not doing that. I know. All right. All right, man. Good stuff, buddy. Good luck to you this weekend. Talk to you later. The volume. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.